the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, February the 16th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today, on February 16, 1959, Fidel Castro became premier of Cuba a month and a half after the overthrow of Batista. Today, in 1862, the Civil War Battle of Fort Donelson in Tennessee was a pretty big deal. It ended. 12,000 Confederate soldiers surrendered. Today in 1934, thousands of socialists battled communists at at a rally in New York's Madison Square Garden. Ronald Reagan once said, it just came to mind as I read that little tidbit from history. Ronald Reagan once said, how do you tell a communist? Well, it's someone who reads Marx and Lenin. And how do you tell an anti-communist? Well, he said, it's someone who understands Marx and Lenin. Very true. Very true. But I digress. Today in 1937, DuPont patented a new thread. They called it nylon. Today in 1945, American troops landed on the island of Corregidor in the Philippines, led by paratroopers. Today in 1960, the nuclear-powered radar picket submarine USS Triton departed New London, Connecticut on the first submerged circumnavigation by a vessel all the way around the world underwater. Today in 1965, four persons were held in a plot to blow up the Statue of Liberty, the Liberty Bell, and the Washington Monument. I would conclude that they didn't like America very much. Today in 2011, but they didn't, they weren't successful, obviously. Today in 2011, bookstore chain Borders. Remember Borders? They used to be all over the place, lots of them. Well, today in 2011, they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. They said they would close nearly a third of their stores, but they would be back. But that didn't work out by September of the same year, 2011, all of their stores had been closed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth Uh, satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Boy, if that's not a word for the day, I don't know what is. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget his benefits. He forgives us of all of our sins. He heals us from diseases. He redeems our life from destruction, self-destruction included. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And he's going to make us like youth, youthful, renewed like an eagle. 
Bless the Lord. Boy, I'll tell you, Olympia and Governor Inslee is after the guns. A proposal to ban firearms from city council, council, uh, county council, and school board meetings is making its way through the Washington State Legislature. Washington House of Representatives on Monday of this week, they, yeah, they H, uh, it's, it's HB 1630. It prohibits the open carry of firearms at city council and council, county council and other places uh, carrying firearms, board, school board meetings included. This representative, Tana Sen, she's a, from Mercer Island. She said the bill is about public safety and access to democracy. Guns do not belong. I, I'm sorry. I'm okay. Tana Sin, give us a lecture on democracy. Anyway, she said this bill is about public safety and access to democracy. Guns do not belong at school board meetings, ballot counting locations, or local school meetings. She said local officials and election workers deserve to feel safe when serving their communities. And all Washingtonians deserve safe participation in civic engagement without intimidation and fear. I would agree. If approved by the state Senate and and Governor Jay Inslee, and it will be, I would suspect, the bill will make violations a gross misdemeanor. In Washington, that means punishable by up to 364 days in jail and or a fine of up to $5,000. These guys are really serious about this. I mean, they're, they're, they're trying to, I, I, I know they're trying to feel safe and have a good feeling and not have intimidations and fears. I understand that. But man, is this the right way to move that forward? I, I'm not sure this is the way to do it. I, I think what it's going to do, well, I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. I mean, I'm not the only one thinking that. Remember, people who seek to do harm won't obey this bill as written. Bob McCaslin, Representative Bob McCaslin from Spokane Valley, he told the press, he said, so if this bill becomes law, it's going to keep people who could legally defend others and themselves in these areas from doing so. That's exactly right. Lawbreakers are not going to conform to a law. They just aren't. They never have and they won't. Lawbreakers break laws. That's what they do. So all of this is so, it just becomes so tedious. It's not about safety. I mean, there's a part of it that is, I guess, about safety and feeling good about oneself and not feeling intimidated when you're, you know, hijacking public education or whatever. These people know that they're angering ordinary people out here. And I understand them not wanting guns and they don't want, you know, people to get hurt. I, I, I agree with that. But the way they approach problem solving never ceases to amaze me. And I'm over 40. I've seen a lot of stuff in my life. But I've never seen anything like today's problem solving attempts. I'm not that smart. I've just been around a while and I've watched people who really did know what they were doing and I've watched these people that have no clue and I can tell the difference. And I think I probably kind of fall into the mainstream of people, just us ordinary folks out here who are not monarchs or kings or wannabes. And we just look at life and say, yeah, you know, that 
But they keep making these laws upon laws upon laws. There's already laws to cover part of what they're trying to do with this bill. It isn't a matter of like, this is a breakthrough. This is going to stop people from killing each other. No, it isn't. It isn't. It's going to make the people who achieve this this particular bill, as an example, there are many, there are legion of these kinds of bills floating around the country in these state capitals in particular. Washington is, D.C., is breathlessly waiting for a majority of states to do this kind of thing. But the way they try to problem solve tells you, us ordinary folks, they don't have a clue what the problem is. Therein is the problem. New York Times said this morning, they published it a couple of hours ago, kind of a featured article. It says, good morning. This is the New York Times to you. Good morning. Are the signs of a Russian de-escalation real? Then they come back with this feature story with a big picture of Putin on it. Three explanations. They said Vladimir Putin may still order an invasion of Ukraine, as President Biden said yesterday. President Biden yesterday was wailing about the imminence of Russia attacking Ukraine. I haven't spoken to the Ukrainian government. I don't know what's going on there, and I haven't, certainly haven't spoken to Putin, but I don't know what's going on there. But, I mean, just as an observer, again, as, just as ordinary folks out here that have an IQ of somewhere between 0 and 200. Uh, I mean, these people, they just overplay everything they do. So Biden was raging yesterday at Putin and so on. Well, I mean, is Putin about to attack Ukraine and will that bring down America? And I mean, will it change the world as we know it? I I don't know. But it looks like peeking over the fence, it looks like to me, they're not attacking today. That's the day that was the 16th today that was supposed to be, you know, hell was supposed to break out and thousands of troops would pour over across the border from Russia into Ukraine. I'm not seeing it. I looked at all, pretty much all the news services this morning. I glanced at them. I didn't see anybody reporting that that's happened. Maybe it's happening as I speak. We're originating live at 9 a.m. this morning. If you're listening later, you may know that I was wrong about it. At 9 o'clock, it wasn't happening. Now it is at the time you're listening. But there's such an urgency. There's such... The New York Times says there could be three reasons why the president has been so active on this case. One, it could be that Putin has been bluffing him all the time. It could have been a bluff. Or the New York Times says maybe Russia is going to attack at a later time. Maybe it's a timing issue. And number three, they say this New York Times, one of the most famous newspapers in the world, they say, Maybe it's just to create an effective pushback. And on and on it goes. But as late as yesterday, our government was telling us the war between Russia and Ukraine was imminent. All of Americans should be have been out of Ukraine by now, within 24 hours. Yet the president, the leader of Ukraine, keeps saying, I don't see it. 
And he's standing there on the other side of the line from Putin. And he's saying, I don't, I don't see this happening tomorrow, which is today, the 16th. Some official reports were suggesting that the attack would begin immediately, past midnight, on the 16th. I don't know. The Russian government yesterday said, do we trust the Russian government? No, not at all. But they were saying that several military units have completed their scheduled drills along the border with Ukraine and will now return to their permanent bases, bringing their armor and uh, artillery with them. So who's telling the truth and who isn't? There's always a search for truth. There's a war of words going on for sure over this. No question about that. Russian officials were taunting President Biden yesterday and his administration and the the news media around the world carried their comments. They were saying yesterday that their, their redeployment humiliated Western war hysterics, while Ukrainian and NATO military officials said they did not see any immediate sign of Russian forces actually pulling back from the border. This is the message coming out of Russia. They're laughing at America, at Biden, and the world. By the time by the time we get through this episode, we'll know what whether they're really going to attack and go into Ukraine or not. But this whole process, it just turns the light on some things that we we must know. Russia's state-run TASS news agency, they quoted the Russian Defense Ministry's claim that, quote, Russian troops are packing their gear and preparing to depart on Wednesday. That's today. Officials said yesterday, as combat training mission measurements are or measures are coming to a close, the troops, as is always the case, will conduct combined marches to their permanent garrisons. The Ministry of Defense said some troops and naval units will stay still training in the neighborhood of Ukraine, and they'll begin a fresh round of drills as scheduled on Tuesday. That was yesterday, and they did do that. Oh, I'm not advocating that Russia tells the truth. Putin tells the truth. He doesn't tell the truth. He doesn't know the truth. But man, is he more clever than our leadership? Is he able? It looks like it. Reuters News Service said yesterday, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the intelligence that we're seeing today, this is yesterday, the intelligence that we're seeing today is still not encouraging. And Ukraine said the reported pullback needed to be seen to be believed. But it's if you see a withdrawal, we will believe in de-escalation. All these guys, NATO and, and Boris Johnson, the, the UK, and all these guys are are saying one thing and what's happening seems to be another. Is Russia fooling them? Are they going to turn around in the next few hours and suddenly assault Ukraine? I don't know. But what has caught my attention is the process in which we're watching these people who run the world. And most obvious is President Joe Biden. The strongest, most powerful nation in the world still. We're teetering. But I believe we still are. The most defined, the most successful, the most efficient military in the history of the world. And I get the feeling, and maybe it's just me, but I get the feeling that these guys don't have a clue 
or they're trying to mislead the public. Maybe Joe Biden knows that Russia is not really going to attack. Maybe he knows that, and maybe he just is looking for a victory so bad. Maybe he needs it so badly to be kind of a, a leader that he's demanding that they not do it, knowing himself that they're not going to do it anyway. And then by the end of this week, we'll be reading glowing reports of how President Biden backed off Russia. I don't know. But I know there's a war of words that continues. We'll see what happens. Yesterday, Derek Hunter, I mentioned this just briefly on the program yesterday, uh, just in passing, but I want to come back to it today just for a moment because I, I think it's important. This Derek Hunter, he wrote an article, uh, Town Hall published it, and Town Hall is a one of the organizations owned by Salem Broadcasting. But Derek Hunter wrote this in an article. He said, what if the idea of Russia invading Ukraine is a hoax? What if it's just Russia doing what Russia loves doing, saber-rattling and nothing else? What if the Western governments scrambling now to prevent war know this and are hoping the whole situation serves as a distraction for the various freedom convoys that are forming around the world to protest oppressive and ineffective government actions related to COVID? Joe Biden, I'm quoting Hunter in his article, he said, Joe Biden needs a distraction from all these things, inflation being chief among them. It makes sense that he's spewing things in such a panicked way that even the president of Ukraine is confused by it. You'd think the leader of the country on the verge of being invaded would be sounding the loudest alarm, but he's not. The American president is. End of quote. But that makes a good point. Most Americans think President Biden is doing a terrible job as president. Clearly, he needs a political victory of some kind and a distraction. He needs something that would make him look tough, in charge, kind of commander-in-chief-ish. He needs help. So how could he cause people to forget the debacle withdrawal from Afghanistan? the unnecessary death of 13 American soldiers, the thousands of American citizens and individual American allies in Afghanistan who were not helped to leave the country as promised. He needs a distraction from the fact that every time we fill up our car, we're paying 20 to $40 more per year, depending on what kind of a gas tank we have, than we were a year ago. And while inflation rate is the highest in 40 years, his personal approval ratings are the lowest of any president in recent memory. And people have not forgotten these things, nor will they. He hopes for that, but they won't. Hunter said, Derek Hunter said, nothing makes sense unless you entertain a couple of possibilities. One, we're led by morons, or two, we're being lied to. And he said, there's ample evidence for both. He's right. But which way is the scale tilting, and why does it matter? The biggest threat to democracy, as the radical left likes to say, is not climate change. (laughs) It was last year. Our president and others, the vice president is saying it all the time, every time she gets a chance. But a year ago, they were talking about climate change as the existential threat that must must be addressed. They were tilting the U.S. military toward fighting climate change. But, oh, no, that's not it anymore. That's unless you ask, and then it is a priority. But now we're finding global warming (laughs) 
aka climate change. That's not the, the main target now. It isn't Russia or China or Iran or North Korea. It's the internal decay of a nation founded on the idea that God created mankind in his image and likeness. And in doing so, he gave his creation inalienable rights. But what we have forgotten is that those inalienable rights come with consequences. To whom much is given, much is required, the Bible says. Our founders understood that moral balance. We apparently do not. Tulsi Gabbard is a former presidential candidate. She was running for president of that big crowd of people back in the presidential election. She was one of them. She's a Democrat. She's a former congresswoman from Hawaii. She's a retired United States Army Reserve officer. And keep in mind, she is a Democrat. But she's sounding the alarm. Yesterday, she tweeted this. Her tweet said, The Durham investigation has shown that the biggest threat to our democracy is not some foreign country, but rather the power elite, led by the likes of Hillary Clinton and her co-conspirators in the mainstream media and security state who work to undermine our democracy from within. So what is Hillary th- Hillary's thing that I talked about yesterday has been exposed now? What is her thing about surveilling Donald Trump, which she did, there is no question. The evidence is on the table. They know it, and they're scurrying around like mice with the light turned on. But I will tell you, I will tell you, this is not going to end soon. It's the the cat's out of the bag. I mean, it, it's going to develop, and it'll, we'll just see how high it reaches and if there really are any consequences. But how does that relate to Putin? It relates to all of this, Ukraine, Russia, surveilling the president of the United States, forget who it was, whether it was Donald Trump or Bill Clinton, it doesn't matter who it is. The fact that it happens is a threat to this nation. It's a threat to our security. It's a real threat to our national sovereignty and national security. So here's this Democrat saying, I'm concerned. She said, but rather the power elite led by the likes of Hillary Clinton and her co-conspirators in the mainstream media and security state who work to undermine our democracy from within. Then she wrote another tweet, a second tweet. (laughs) She said, the Durham investigation makes clear that Hillary Clinton and the power elite spied on the Trump campaign and the White House undermining our democracy, launching us into a new Cold War endangering America and the world. Clinton and her warmongers must be held accountable. This is coming from within the Democrat Party. I couldn't help but think of Cicero, Marcus Tullius Cicero, a Roman. He was born January 3rd, 106 B.C. He was murdered December 7th, 43 B.C. His life coincided with the decline and the fall of the Roman Republic. It was an important factor in many of the significant political events of his time. He saw it happening before his eyes. He was, among other things, an orator, a lawyer, a politician, a philosopher. He understood his times very well. He was well-read and has continued to be down through the centuries. Perhaps he understood our times today better than we do. He wrote this about the enemy within, Tulsi Gabbard, the Democrat, she understands that her own party 
is self-destructing, and with it they are taking down the republic, not of Rome, but the American republic, if they are left unchecked. He said, in his day, Cicero, as he watched his own country walk a path not unlike the path that the left is trying to take America down. He wrote this. He said, A nation can survive its fools and even the ambition, but it cannot survive treason from within. An enemy at the gate is less formidable, for he is known and carries his banner openly. But the traitor moves amongst those within the gate freely. His sly whispers rustling through all the alleys heard in the very halls of government itself. For the traitor appears not a traitor. He speaks in accents familiar to his victims. And he wears their face and their arguments. He appeals to the baseness that lies deep in the hearts of all men. He rots the soul of a nation. He works secretly and unknown in the night to undermine the pillars of the city. He infects the body politic so that it can no longer resist. A murderer is less to fear. The enemy within has led us to claim that God-given rights noted in our Constitution, and some of them, like abortion, that are also credited to the Constitution, does not exist in the Constitution. But the enemy within has led us to believe this, and yet disclaim the God who gave these rights. You can't have the rights without the source who gave the rights. Otherwise, the rights are meaningless. And if the rights don't have consequences, then why are they rights in the first place? If you can do anything you want, anytime you want, with no consequences. And we have led our children over the last several generations to that point of view, and that point of view is destructive. And we're seeing the beginnings of what that leads to. It's insanity. Joe Biden has cognitive issues, but there are people who are very well-spoken who are saying the same things he says. They're saying it more clearly and more articulately, but they're saying the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's a leadership of blindness. It's walking in the darkness with no understanding of the real world of truth itself. We can survive the ambitions of our fools, our traitors, our liars, but we will not survive the treasonous abandonment of God in our culture because all of our freedoms are based on God, not Washington, D.C. or Olympia or Boise or Salem or whatever. And that's what's going on in our country today, whether it's Ukraine or whether it's it's Hillary Clinton sneaking around outside the White House when Donald Trump was elected, trying to hold on to her dream. I'll tell you, if we abandon the God who has given us the rights and the privileges, the freedom and the liberty that has followed, we have nothing. We have nothing. Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. And he said this, if we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will one nation gone under. And he said, within the covers of the Bible are the answers for the problems men face. That's my point. That's what we've been trying to say today. Thank you for your support. 
I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.